Hello, this is KSUA 91.5. This is Speaking of Anthropology. My name is Dylan McIntyre, and today I am joined by... My name is Kevin Huo, and we have a special guest today in the studio. Um, and, you know, uh, we appreciate everyone who tuned in last week, right, Dylan, for episode zero. Um, and we're so glad to have our faculty advisor, our friend, our professor, um, Professor Sveta Yaman-Pasternak. How are you doing today, Sveta? Yeah, good morning. I'm so happy to be here with you. Yeah, thank you so much. And, you know, for episode one, we, we thought, what better way to start out with our first official show than to have um, our, 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 our mentor, our, our uh, anthropology figure, uh, come on our show and share a little bit about her interests, um, her research, all the fantastic work that she's worked on through the years, and of course, her favorite music, right? I mean, this is the radio speaking of anthropology show, right, Dylan? Yeah, I would be remiss to not have any music at all. Yeah, definitely. Well, we'll, well, how about we'll just give Sveta the mic for a few minutes here. Um, if you want to introduce yourself, say hi to everyone. Yeah, uh, well, it, this is really just such a great moment for us uh, uh, to be here, having been through our classes together, through ethnomycology, through anthropology um, of uh, art, and uh, to think about maybe people in the audience uh, uh, who, uh, you know, listening audience who uh, um, I've known through the years. Uh, um, I appreciate being here uh, because uh, there is so much uh, that I uh, think about every day in my relationship with my mentors and things are, that I in turn uh, uh, carry into the my teaching and mentoring work and uh, and uh, uh, being with students uh, every day and uh, discussing uh, anthropology in uh, whatever specialized topic or whatever in terms of life in the in the largest sense. So I am a cultural anthropologist. Cultural anthropology is uh, one of the subfields of. Uh, anthropology together we study we just consider what it means it means to be human and we do it uh, through um, um, uh, this uh, integrated uh, four-field uh, approach through cultural anthropology through archaeology through linguistic anthropology and through physical biological components mm -hmm. of uh, being human and uh, I find it to be very uh, enriching in, in everyday life uh, um, uh, whether in the classroom or uh, traveling or uh, interacting with uh, friends and loved ones or strangers as well. Definitely. That's, that's, I mean, I think what, so one of the subfields, we covered the subfields last week mm -hmm. in episode zero and uh, it seems that Dylan and I have a bit of a bias <laughs> as both being cultural anthropologists or interested in becoming yeah, cultural anthropologists kind of as we yourself. About our field and our work, and appreciate what it can bring into through collaboration. Right, yeah. definitely, and I, I think, for, um, you know, as an anthropologist, you probably know that you don't just cover one field. You know, you mm -hmm. you go interdisciplinary, you go across fields, um, and and which is something we will definitely talk about with you today briefly. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, just to start off, uh, we Dylan and I discussed this last week, um, and we always. Uh, we, we, we spoke about our stories about coming into anthropology and uh, how we became anthropologists and, you know, how we found this niche field that many people, when we mention to them, they don't know what it's about. And so there are a few things, right? Uh, when you hear of an anthropologist, you hear of them as being the Indiana Jones, the, uh, you hear of them as being the, the famous archaeologist digging through the tunnels of Egypt. Um, but I, 
I, I come to realize it's not that, of course, as we all know. Um, so I guess the first question for you, Sveta, is what is anthropology to you? Yeah. <laughs> I know that's a big a question. Wonderful question. Yeah. It is a big question, but believe it or not, no matter uh, how uh, occupied I am with uh, tasks at hand in the course of uh, just everyday work, I, uh, I, I do take time to reflect on this regularly, just in a in a big way because uh, truly anthropology is my life and I'm, it is uh, so much uh, uh, more than uh, any kind of job or um, a, a particular project or something that you're doing at the moment, you know, your, your schedule for the current semester or for the current year or some sort of you know, a conference paper you're working on, an exhibit, a publication. It uh, uh, very early on, it, it truly has uh, become my life in the sense that uh, the perspective uh, that uh, it gives me or the tools that it gives uh, me for always enriching my uh, perspective, for um, always being very resourceful, whether it is I'm working on a, a concrete job-related task or um, I'm traveling or uh, I'm interacting with people in the community, uh, anthropology always set, gives me uh, such a wide set of tools to be able to um, ask critical questions about people's perspective, putting it in the context uh, in their social and, and cultural values, the uh, historical context of, uh, of how a particular set of circumstances also create uh, um, room for uh, perspectives, for uh, activities, for uh, material aspects of uh, our life, and I just uh, I appreciate this uh, every day through through all these tasks, you know, through reading, talking to people, uh, traveling around the world, and and, and so on. And uh, of course, uh, professionally, um, I, I cannot be happier with being in the line of work that I am. I'm grateful for this uh, every day. My my absolute favorite part of, of everything is uh, teaching and mentoring and, and, and being with students and day to day discussions in and outside of the classroom with seeing people develop their own uh, individual interests, whether it's directly in anthropology or in any field where um, uh, social and cultural questions have relevance, which to me really is uh, any uh, field. And uh, um, with that, uh, uh, everything else that I do, it is a uh, traveling, participating in a, a lot of professional conferences, a lot of uh, workshops, uh, uh, meetings that have really, collaborations that have taken me all over the world. Uh, in addition to field research, I always think uh, of uh, everything that I would like to bring back to the classroom, to the students, uh, to the discussions that uh, we have uh, in the anthropology club as well. And that's something I think we definitely appreciate. <laughs> Likewise, I appreciate that, that you are uh, trying to uh, uh, get uh, then uh, um, insight uh, from uh, our work together to wider audiences. So that's why I'm so glad that uh, the show has taken off so nicely. Definitely. Well, we appreciate that. Um, and Sveta, I just want to ask you, do you have any songs that you specifically would like to share with us maybe right now on the show? Uh, sure. How about... Um, well, uh, maybe since we're still, um, I'm still trying to introduce uh, um, myself a little bit, so maybe something that speaks more to kind of the autobiographical experience. Uh, 
and uh, also has uh, a lot of satire to it uh, as well. It's um, and uh, that would be a song by uh, a band uh, called Golem, and it. And that was Citizen Boris uh, and Sveta. I, I I'm curious uh, why this song and uh, what brought you to to share it with us here at Speaking of Anthropology. Thank you. So uh, yeah, this song is called Citizen Boris, but it really aligns with uh, some of my life experiences as Citizen Sveta. And uh, uh, my family, that's because my family uh, came to the United States when uh, we uh, received political asylum here in 1989. And uh, um, we uh, uh, came here as uh, ex-Soviet uh, refugees, like so many others in my diaspora community. Uh, so uh, uh, some years into this process, which for us was uh, uh, year seven, I uh, got to have this uh, experience uh, live where um, you um, also take an oath uh, of uh, a citizen, and uh, but first you have to pass an exam with uh, a lot of the questions that are actually uh, featured in the song are directly out of the citizenship exam. And this song also comes from the descendants of uh, ex-Soviet uh, immigrants. Uh, some are more, as we call ourselves, fresh off boat, uh, like I was some years ago, or uh, they're first generation born in the United States. And, and, and the, the context of becoming a citizen was probably a very strong uh, part of their family experience and family discussion. So I, I loved it when I first uh, heard the song live uh, in concert uh, that they have uh, uh, turned this uh, uh, into uh, such a shared, meaningfully shared music experience uh, with, uh, that uh, so many of us could uh, identify as uh, kind of a larger picture about uh, this uh, band is that uh, it is uh, a uh, klezmer band and uh, it is one of the several uh, really effective and influential young klezmer bands uh, that uh, has uh, emerged uh, over the last uh, uh, decade plus. Uh, um, uh, they did, uh, I, I think that they're doing a lot to bring the joy of uh, Yiddish language and language and cultural revitalization, and it also aligns with uh, a lot of efforts, uh, I think, uh, that the University of Alaska Fairbanks uh, uh, has done over the years through its various programs. So it's one of the ways in which I uh, like to connect uh, my lived experience uh, and uh, uh, my some of my uh, uh, professional concerns uh, as well. Um, when uh, the day that I, uh, the day after that I passed the citizenship exam, I remember I had to take a day off uh, from uh, class, and it was actually one of my very first anthropology classes uh, in uh, college, and uh, my classmates knew uh, what I was doing, and. Uh, um, the next time that I come back and they asked me how everything was and I said, you know, that I passed and uh, we'll, we'll be receiving the, um, uh, I, I will be bec becoming a, a citizen. Um, and uh, so they thought that this was such a triumphant event that they actually announced this uh, in class. Uh, so imagine <laughs> just <laughs> yourselves. That way. In, uh, <laughs> In the, in the classroom when, uh, among other housekeeping things that the professor is announcing in the beginning of class, uh, one of the classmates uh, raised her hand and in this uh, um, very 
uh, direct and very serious way, said she has an announcement to make, and that Svetlana passed her citizenship exam. There was a pause because people were generally confused and that, <laughs> and everybody clapped. And even there, it's really cool to think about uh, the, like, the really like, larger social, cultural, historical context as to why this was such a funny situation. I, I love to have the song to think back on this. Yeah, I, I definitely think so as, as anthropologists um, and a culturalist. And um, last week on our show, we played a clip from uh, a, one of the renowned anthropologists, Arthur Kleiman. He talks so much about the lived experience, mm -hmm. right? And I think somehow in some way, sometimes when I walk down the street and listen to a certain song, I, I feel like I'm back there in that moment. And maybe I think that moment, we all need to find a moment like that for ourselves, don't we? <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's plenty of songs that I've heard now that I strongly associate with very particular points in my life or even, you know, very specific locations. Um, in your story, though, it made me curious to ask you, what was your, did you have any um, experiences with anthropology early in your life before you got to university? Had you ever heard of the field or knew anything about it before you started taking classes in it or? Uh, no, and this is something that continues actually to uh, uh, both uh, surprise me and inspire me every day in my teaching life right now. Uh, it is uh, uh, over, it continues to be overwhelmingly uh, true that uh, usually people take uh, anthropology when they uh, first get into their university studies or at some early stage uh, of that. So in the beginning of the show, you were uh, uh, mentioning uh, other uh, kind of sensational topic and the things from popular culture with which people associate uh, anthropology, I would say it goes even broader than that because uh, a lot of times the questions uh, that uh, I get and a lot of my colleagues do uh, usually have to do with dinosaurs and, uh, and that. So actually one of the things that I like to start my uh, um, the, the introductory class, the individual society and culture, is uh, um, an, an, an animation that I think uh, our colleagues probably put out to be one of the teaching tools, and it's called Anthropologists Don't Study, uh, Don't Study Dinosaurs. And also for me, it, it wasn't. I was also, you know, very new in the United States. Uh, I had that very rather like narrow idea as to the kind of uh, career paths uh, are. Um, are generally available, and uh, um, this is one of the greatest uh, strengths, I think, overall in the uh, American higher education system that, that, that I think is just highly beneficial to, to individuals and humanity as a whole, uh, really, is that uh, it is uh, built on uh, uh, giving uh, people a um, uh, broad exposure to a, a variety of courses, to a variety of topics, a great spectrum, and that it, it is intended uh, to, uh, to really uh, have you, um, give you an introduction to um, a, a range of fields in humanities, a range of fields in social sciences, uh, uh, in, uh, in, in, in life sciences, in heart sciences, uh, and uh, in uh, uh, visual arts, so that uh, uh, you have, uh, and that's one of the, that, that's one of the really important functions of the uh, core curriculum. To me, it really almost distinguishes, uh, um, or actually one of the main things that distinguishes uh, kind of education 
uh, from uh, vocational training. I have uh, great respect uh, for both approaches. Uh, it just uh, uh, for uh, uh, some people, it, it works to uh, really delve into um, a uh, uh, particular line of work, and so those opportunities exist there for them. And a lot of people also come to the university already with the idea of um, a major or with a vision of certain career path, but then they also have the benefit of uh, taking the core curriculum and finding within that something that grabs uh, them that they would either be integrating as a minor or maybe a second major, but in my case it has uh, become my major. So it is uh, already into several semesters of uh, my university studies that uh, I uh, uh, took anthropology, uh, was greatly inspired by the class and the professor took uh, um, more courses and uh, it, it, it's a wonderful moment. Uh, I, I so sincerely wish that upon everyone, this kind of wonderful discovery of your field that becomes uh, your world. And, and that was uh, how I came into it. And, and I have been with it. I've been very fortunate to have uh, been practicing anthropology uh, since then. Definitely. Well, this is uh, just so interesting, I think. Um, you know, we, we all come from different places and find anthropology or whichever respective field you're studying out there, right? Uh, once again, this is Speaking of Anthropology, KCUA 91.5 FM Fairbanks. Today we're here with Sveta uh, Yamin Pasternak uh, discussing her perspective, her interest, her understandings of anthropology. Um, so Sveta, I just wanted to ask you a question about anthropology. I know um, there's a lot of research that is involved with anthropology. And, you know, um, though it may be called research in the scientific realm, um, I, as a, as, a, as a student or as a, as a philosopher, intellect or something like that, I, I consider myself to be studying anthropology in the sense of it's a pursuit of, of, of uh, higher understanding in a certain field or of, of the unknown. So I, I guess for you, if you can maybe share a few notes maybe on um, what sort of research you've done uh, here, maybe in Alaska or anywhere else in the world. Um, and I know I've taken your ethnomycology course, um, so maybe you could also talk a little bit about that because um, I know that's a little bit outside of anthropology, but not completely, right? So anything, any thoughts on that, Sveta? Rather early on, I would say, uh, in my um, undergraduate studies, which was uh, at uh, Northern Illinois University, and uh, I, I had wonderful mentors there. Um, however, that university, as far as uh, regional study in anthropology, specializes in great part um, in uh, uh, Southeast Asia. So uh, I, I was uh, very lucky to be learning from professors uh, who, uh, were, who were working in Indonesia and in Thailand and in Cambodia in Myanmar, in, in Philippines, uh, it has, uh, that uh, experience uh, it continues to um, uh, enrich my life now as uh, a professor and a mentor, and that uh, also gives me a great perspective for uh, when uh, my husband and I get to travel in, uh, in, in that part of the world. But uh, alongside with that, just through um, uh, readings and also really identifying with uh, some of the experiences uh, um, of uh, people I was reading about uh, 
in uh, the literature on Siberian ethnography, and then moving on to Bering Strait and uh, Alaska, S um, more and more my interests uh, were in the circumpolar north, and then uh, more closely in the Bering Strait region. So uh, I did what uh, I strongly recommend that um, everyone uh, who um, is interested in, in, in uh, growing in a particular uh, area of uh, uh, either a, a topic or um, uh, regional study in ethnography and anthropology is uh, to uh, do a, a thorough research as to the people who are working in the field, read their publications, see where they're teaching, what kind of work uh, they're doing, learn about uh, the programs, and this is how I learned about University of Alaska Fairbanks. Uh, initially, I uh, reached out uh, to the professor who over the years uh, has uh, been a, a great mentor and uh, also a, a wonderful professor in terms of the classroom experience and also whose uh, research was uh, very enlightening and inspirational to me. And that's uh, Professor Peter Schweitzer, uh, who is uh, now emeritus with the University of Alaska Fairbanks and continues to teach at the University of uh, Vienna. And uh, he loved uh, the Bering Strait. He loved uh, the, air, the far eastern region, uh, region of uh, Russia, Chukotka, and uh, the Zurich Peninsula and uh, the St. Lawrence Island communities uh, that, that sit directly across the border from the region. And, and to think about the shared uh, lives, to, to, sharing, to, to think about the kinship and, and, and social ties. Uh, uh, and language, uh, and that really millennia of uh, uh, a uh, shared and continuous way of uh, life uh, that uh, uh, characterizes, uh, that is at the, at the core of what defines this uh, region as a very unique cultural world, uh, which in turn is also divided by the international dateline, by the international uh, borders, and so and by their uh, Russian and, and Soviet and then Euro-American colonial histories. So uh, it, it was a, a place where um, I also wanted to spend time uh, to uh, really pursue some of these questions of what, what makes uh, us uh, as people, or culture in a larger sense, the shared ways of uh, behaving and uh, thinking. And uh, uh, what are some of the new things that are immediately apparent in that on the two sides of the Bering Strait because people have shared this culture over millennia and uh, what in turn um, uh, creates different forms of cultural expressions, uh, perspectives, and uh, people's sense of themselves uh, due to uh, their different uh, social and political uh, histories uh, over uh, uh, the century plus. Uh, for these uh, recent, uh, for these recent generations, uh, so uh, I, I came here to uh, work on uh, to, to work with uh, most immediately with Professor Peter Schweitzer. Later, other uh, committee members uh, have um, uh, become my uh, also advisors and, and great mentors and. Uh, uh, very soon after friends, I continue to uh, turn to them with questions. I look up to them. I uh, continue to learn uh, from their uh, fr from their uh, research, and and I would love to have this moment uh, to uh, acknowledge them. And uh, it is uh, also Professor David Kester, uh, Professor 
Malili, Professor Phyllis Morrow, and uh, the, another member of my graduate advisory committee was uh, uh, Professor Gary Larson, and uh, he continues uh, to uh, offer uh, courses uh, or classes for the community in mushroom identification. And so this is what uh, uh, was, at, at least at that time already, rather unique is that I had a biologist or mycologist uh, um, on uh, my graduate advisory committee as a cultural anthropology uh, PhD student. And uh, th that is because uh, one of the interests uh, that I start developing is uh, while taking Gary Larson's uh, mycology class that uh, my husband and I were largely taking as, uh, as our shared interest, as a hobby, as a great way to go out uh, on, a, on a date. You know, what better way to <laughs> spend time than to be taking classes together, right? And then be thinking about uh, assignments and, and, and research and developing projects. Uh, and so uh, questions that were connected with um, um, the harvest of uh, mushrooms and with their uh, preparation and cooking and sharing and distribution and stories uh, that were surrounding that um, and the beauty it was creating in the everyday life uh, of um, people on the Chukotkan side of the uh, Bering Strait uh, has uh, become something that I have uh, effectively shown uh, to be deserving of uh, attention. And so with the support from uh, my uh, uh, committee, I uh, was able to develop this into my dissertation research, but just like with everything else, it, it has become a life. You know, ever since then, I've continued working in um, Arctic communities uh, in other places in Alaska, but also continuously in the Bering Strait and Russian Far East, uh, and looked at the much broader spectrum of practices connected with living aesthetics and, and food harvesting. Um, and uh, um, larger questions of uh, uh, food and, uh, and, and culture and their interactions with built environment and climate and, and so on. But uh, this uh, the ethnomycology, which is uh, just broadly relationships between uh, humans uh, and uh, fungi, whether it is with food or with art, with economics, with spirituality, with recreation, continue to be um, um, one of the areas where um, um, both uh, Igor and I, uh, my husband Igor and I, who's uh, also the co-instructor for that course and my research collaborator on these uh, endeavors, uh, uh, continue to be rather insatiable because it is such a rich uh, area. So since then, since Kevin, you mentioned the ethnomycology course and, and we did have so much fun in that semester <laughs> together in that class, uh, we, we, this course is offered. Uh, Every um, spring, it is uh, um, it is uh, cross-listed with uh, ethnobotany and anthropology. So it is the very much a crossing of these two fields, and it is the ethnobotany program that was uh, um, first uh, interested in developing that, and it has come together also with support from uh, anthropology. Uh, and uh, what one one of the really just remarkable experiences uh, for me. Uh, in this story is that uh, uh, it, it really was born 
in the classroom. You know, with the, when we attend classes every day, something grabs us, something inspires us. We may not predict this at all, uh, that uh, you know, this would be something that would uh, help us sustain long-term interest. And uh, in this case, uh, for me, it has not only become the subject of my dissertation and later the postdoctoral work that I did at Johns Hopkins University, but uh, has taken on to, to being a life. Um, has uh, taken me to collaborations uh, with uh, colleagues really on every continent and uh, um, taking things on the road as far as uh, community uh, outreach and, and, uh, and presenting to mushroom clubs and mycological societies uh, in different parts of the United States uh, while also um, drawing comparative material, learning from uh, other people's emerging research on this topic and from that building this uh, very unique uh, course, uh, Ethnomycology, that uh, although on the one hand specializes on, on this topic, interactions of uh, human and, and fungi, but at the same time reaches uh, into so many fields that uh, the classes are always uh, very diversely enrolled by people in social sciences and natural sciences and natural resource management in, in arts. And that, that's one of the things that goes back to why I love anthropology so much, is that it's so broadly appealing and, and relevant, and I love being part of it. Alrighty, thank you for that. Uh, that was good elaboration of ethnomycology for people who might not be familiar with it. I certainly learned a lot just secondhand from Kevin telling me about that course. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'd first like to thank Seda for the fantastic course, but I mean, the chaga tea, you know, <laughs> every class period coming in, it's it's cold in the you know in the deep winter of as we stumble into class, uh, you know, students from all across campus, and you just have this warm kettle of chaga tea sitting right there, and you know your warm smile and Igor's excitement, and you know the class, you know, I know it goes from it went from six p.m. to nine p.m. in the evenings, but man, it was it was just three hours of of fascination. Um, with um, social, cultural, political, economical, agricultural, you know, understandings of of mushrooms and ethnomycology in general, and I, I thank you for that. Thank you, Svetna. I appreciate it. It's really, of course, rewarding to be hearing this from you. Thank you. Definitely. Alrighty. Uh, since we are about the quarter of the hour, do we want to play another song? Do you have another? Yeah, Svetna. Um, is there any song that um, that you know? you would like to share with us? Uh, yeah, so um, maybe let's continue to, um, uh, I, I do like to also use this time to uh, um, maybe bring uh, some of the late uh, Soviet and very important uh, post-Soviet music that uh, to me also is that representative of the uh, kinds of uh, fusions that uh, I like to explore uh, through um, uh, anthropology and uh, uh, through the richness of this uh, cross-cultural perspective uh, uh, that uh, it gives me. So um, with uh, that, can we, uh, uh, let's play this uh, band uh, called Auktion. And so we've talked a little bit now about your uh, 
ethnomycology. Kevin mentioned that he took your ethnomycology course. And so I've got a couple questions about another aspect of your work that I'm slightly more familiar with, your art and anthropology work, because I took your art and anthropology course last semester. And so I was just curious if you could maybe um, sort of discuss what to you art and anthropology working together means and why it sh maybe should be a partnership and not anthropology of art. Thank you. I, um, so th those two classes are definitely among our favorites to teach, and I'm so glad that uh, this uh, many m months later, you guys are of course, you know, still thinking about the subjects from this class and drawing your uh, questions from some of the things we um, discussed. Well, uh, I my collaborations in uh, anthropology uh, spanned uh, widely um, across uh, the fields. Uh, so uh, I, uh, while teaching in anthropology, I'm also research faculty at the Institute of Northern Engineering. Uh, both Igor and I work with the ethnobotany program. Uh, so, and so we've worked with uh, uh, natural scientists and health scientists and, and engineers over the years. And uh, art uh, happened to be also one of the one of the areas uh, in uh, which uh, uh, my work uh, has become strongly synergistic with um, a lot of the contemporary art uh, movements. So um, I, uh, I think about the relationship of art uh, in uh, anthropology I in a variety of ways. And what, so what you mentioned, Dylan, is the course uh, where you were enrolled, Anthropology of Art. Uh, that's kind of takes, uh, the title implies uh, a more um, conventional approach, just like anthropology delves into all of these other domains of the human experience in, in spirituality and kinship and uh, the social structure and into the economics, uh, into the healing and health. It also delves, of course, into cultural expression and uh, aesthetics and uh, things uh, that people call art uh, across uh, uh, in, in different cultural contexts as well as ways in which people create beauty in uh, everyday life uh, uh, through their uh, practices. So that's one of the approaches and uh, it continues to be uh, valuable but uh, that was only one of the uh, ways uh, in, in which I was deriving a lot of uh, again enrichment and, and potential to contribute to uh, social sciences as well as uh, to uh, other areas uh, of uh, inquiry. And uh, in, in great part, uh, it uh, has to do uh, with uh, the fact that uh, um, Igor Pasternak, my husband, and I are a team. And uh, our work uh, uh, has uh, developed uh, synergistically as we were. Um, uh, students, uh, while I was working on my uh, postdoctoral work at Johns Hopkins, he was working on uh, his uh, MFA in uh, studio arts at the American University in Washington, D.C. And uh, uh, that program also was just highly encouraging in um, uh, bringing art into uh, different uh, uh, contexts, into uh, having it be uh, not just um, focusing on uh, art objects, but also focusing on performance and, and actions and, and way of life and interacting uh, with uh, people. So initially, uh, as he was uh, just doing projects uh, on, the, on the streets of uh, Washington, D.C., uh, doing uh, pop-ups and installations, uh, 
and that uh, performances, a lot of times I was just involved uh, in that uh, more as a partner and an assistant. And uh, um, uh, through those interactions, I have always, I have also um, uh, come to recognize uh, the value of this kind of artist-led uh, uh, approach uh, uh, to um, raising questions and to also um, uh, having a bringing valuable methodologies to the work of uh, first social sciences and then expanding into it, it uh, into uh, a lot of um, uh, other fields. So meanwhile, also while studying at uh, Johns Hopkins University, uh, my um, mentor, uh, who's my dearly missed uh, a teacher and, and friend, uh, um, passed away a few years ago, uh, Sidney Mintz, uh, the author of one of the most influential books uh, in anthropology, uh, Sweetness and Power, who has also uh, written a lot about uh, globalization and uh, food and reorganization of uh, labor. And uh, uh, he was also very richly uh, multidisciplinary, uh, multidisciplinary a scholar who has uh, transformed the field uh, in a lot of ways. But one of the really inspirational stories uh, in, that in his experience is that um, when uh, some, some, some years ago, a uh, contemporary artist, African-American artist, Kara Walker, um, did uh, an enormous, uh, uh, this larger-than-life uh, installation uh, about uh, sugar, and it was uh, in uh, the uh, old uh, Domino's Sugar Factory uh, in uh, New York. Uh, she created a, a giant, larger-than-life uh, uh, sculpture and then a series of sculptures uh, around it. And it, 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 it was a famous artwork, and it drew um, a lot of people into the conversations uh, about uh, global uh, connections. We think about globalization as uh, it's often kind of uh, brought into our contemporary discourse is something that is uh, just happening right now, but uh, through this work and through, uh, through bringing all of the connections between um, uh, changing tastes and sugar, uh, transforming from being um, work of being the food of um, uh, royalties uh, and uh, very wealthy class to becoming something that everyday people in industrialized uh, factory Europe were um, using in the course of creating comfort and meaning and sustenance and energy in their everyday life. So, but also what this kind of transition took was uh, the um, uh, transformation of uh, um, vast regions in uh, um, the uh, Caribbean uh, and uh, Central and South uh, America, uh, parts of North America, and uh, African slavery. Oh, enslavement uh, of um, Africans over many gen over many generations. Um, what it has uh, uh, so when uh, Kara Walker, uh, the artist um, uh, whose uh, story is uh, also inspirational uh, for me, was uh, uh, talking about developing this work of art and uh, where she drew her research, uh, where from where she um, uh, was. Uh, turning to for educational resources on the topic. The book and the author uh, who prominently came up in those interviews that she was doing is uh, uh, Sidney Mintz, uh, 
uh, my mentor, my postdoctoral mentor in Johns Hopkins University, uh, who's my intellectual uh, hero and uh, whose work I and, and influence I think about um, uh, every day. Uh, so uh, the, the story is really quite beautiful because they uh, people did connect them and they did get together. And one of the things that Sid received uh, is uh, the gift that she, he says that he. Uh, um, considers one of his uh, most honoring and most uh, cherished is the copy of his book, Sweetness and Power, uh, that Kara uh, uh, Walker was using. So uh, her copy of his book was a lot of uh, her artist uh, sketches and uh, notes and, and, and you know, all kinds of like sticky <laughs> stickies uh, on the margins that really explain her process. You know, And so that book in itself, it's both the process and the product. And that delves into a lot of the methodology that is uh, that, that guides mine and Igor's work together when we think about um, the product uh, and the process. So, uh, with the support of uh, National Science Foundation over the course of several projects, uh, we've worked with a, a number of communities where it is uh, uh, Igor's vision and his artist-led uh, approach uh, in uh, uh, connecting with. Uh, uh, look with people and communities uh, in talking about their everyday practices as practices that are geared towards creating beauty in life uh, through practices, through critical thinking, whether it is in uh, um, uh, harvesting, uh, making food, uh, um, in going about uh, uh, planning uh, community uh, events, uh, uh, or more explicit uh, forms of uh, cultural expression, you know, such as the uh, art uh, uh, that is uh, practiced in communities uh, today. So uh, uh, it is uh, exciting because it also now um, begins to align with uh, a lot of the goals of uh, our local campus and academic community here in uh, um, finding more ways uh, for um, uh, art and that science uh, synergy and collaboration. And uh, it is also reflected in the approaches of uh, uh, several really prominent contemporary artists. So uh, we will continue to move uh, forward uh, uh, with this um, uh, work. Um, it's been exciting to uh, do uh, several exhibitions together that we did uh, with uh, um, a lot of our community-based uh, collaborators. Some of it was presented here um, uh, during the uh, previous winter's uh, Festival of Native Art. We currently have an exhibition uh, uh, that is uh, um, on uh, in um, uh, the Nome Museum uh, that will uh, be there through um, uh, early November. And uh, we've uh, been able to write and publish quite a bit about this work also with our colleagues uh, in uh, other fields of sciences. Well, thank you for that, yes. And I, I the synergy behind uh, art and anthropology, and I think broadly, as you mentioned, art and the sciences is, uh, it does seem to be something that is gaining more traction again. It, of course, it has a, a very long history, but it seems to me that traditionally it was very skewed towards science, right? Just an emphasis on naturalistic mm -hmm. depictions of things. So the fact that as, as science broadly is able now to progress to actually working jointly with art and on equal terms to produce things that are of interest to scientists, artists, and of course the public, the audience for everything that both parties do is to me absolutely wonderful. Uh, 
And just as a reminder, this is KSUA 91.5 FM, Fairbanks, Alaska, and this is Speaking of Anthropology. My name is Kevin. My name is Dylan. And today we have Sveta Yavin Pasternak uh, here on the show today. Um, we're, we're nearing the end of our show. Um, so, you know, we have a few more songs that we want to play. Um, so, Sveta, you, you had a song you wanted to share with us? Uh, you know, I think maybe in light of what we were just talking about, I would like to uh, for our next song to be by um, a um, also from uh, um, late Soviet uh, kind of underground art house band, Sredny Ruskaya Vazvishenost. And uh, the song uh, itself is called this Pushkin, Tchaikovsky, Irepin, or Pushkin, Tchaikovsky, and Repin. Uh, and maybe some of you recognize those names as the name of a prominent um, uh, Russian uh, poet, prominent uh, Russian composer, and prominent Russian artist. And uh, the song is uh, very satirical. Uh, it um, um, uh, you, you will recognize the continuous repetition of those names and the satire that surrounds them is that uh, we've um, going through our schooling and generally through life we've also heard uh, we've always heard of those uh, three people as the giants the kings the pillars you know the the, the founding fathers uh, of, of everything that we know and love and the satire part of the song is that you can never outdo them you can never do uh, better than them and uh, of course the satire means to point to the uh, to uh, the fact that no there continue to be uh, there continue to be uh, really transformative uh, great uh, artists uh, and uh, and uh, scholars uh, and uh, uh, poets and and uh, we encounter them uh, in their everyday life. Uh, we're influenced through their work. Uh, we should always remember the importance of uh, uh, the historical contribution to every field and uh, every discipline, while at the same time never overlooking the contemporary uh, movements uh, in in the fields that uh, interest uh, us and. Uh, staying current uh, in our field, paying attention, and uh, sharing it with others as we go. So with that, it is Sredny Ruskaya Vazvishenist in the song called Pushkin, Tchaikovsky, Repin. That was certainly quite a song. Definitely. This is Speaking of Anthropology. Uh, my name is Kevin. My name is Dylan. And uh, we appreciate everyone who's tuning in today and joining us for this fantastic episode one. Uh, we're, you know, hoping to kick it off and we'll be back here again next Friday. Uh, just a quick um, PSA shout out. Uh, on October 20th at 5 p.m. in the Hess Rec, a multicultural potlatch will be occurring. The RA Res Life here at University of Alaska Fairbanks uh, invites you to come enjoy our diverse community on campus with food and trivia about different countries. Once again, this will be on October 20th at 5 p.m. in the Hess Rec. If you can, um, and if you'd like to, feel free to represent your country and bring facts or dishes. If you have further questions, please reach out to the residence life here at University of Alaska Fairbanks. Once again, that's on October 20th at 5 p.m. And then for today, our very own anthropology department has a colloquium going on from 3 to 5 p.m. in Bunnell Room 302. Dr. Don Butler 
a Centennial Postdoctoral Fellow at the Department of Anthropology here will be uh, giving a talk on rare minerals provide new evidence for anadroma salmon fishing in subarctic Europe. So come by 3 to 5 and they'll be talking about salmon fishing. Thank you very much, Dylan. Uh, just just to wrap up here, and you know, as as again, once again, this is speaking of anthropology, and we have uh, Professor Sveta Yaman Pasternak here, um, our uh, faculty advisor here at the show, um, and uh, you know, an anthropologist uh, uh, with a wide range from art to ethnomycology, and has done research all across Alaska and around the world. Um, you know, our question to you and to all the anthropologists and potential anthropologists and uh, past, present, and future, um, what is some advice or, or tips um, in pursuing anthropology? Almost generally, and this is not just for anthropology, is uh, be passionate. And uh, with that, also never let go of the critical insight and be resourceful um, and that's also for uh, uh, relevant across the fields but that in anthropology this is an absolute must just to um, uh, to, to be inquisitive in, uh, and this approach that we employ as our as our method participant observation taking part uh, in um, um, whatever social contexts are occurring in front of you, uh, while uh, also uh, uh, pursuing this as a form of uh, a systematic observation and documentation, uh, whether you're doing it because you're involved currently in the project, um, and with that come a certain other sense of um, obligations, but also just employ it in your everyday um, uh, interactions. and. It is not a burden. It is actually a joy. It is a, it is so enriching. It is it empowers you and it frees you um, with um, this uh, um, great uh, perspective uh, uh, in uh, in always uh, seeking, always uh, being on the quest uh, for uh, understanding and understanding from a wide variety of. Uh, vantage points. So when, when you uh, try to always go beyond and look at uh, the social context, look at the cultural context, uh, look at the uh, history that uh, has led up to whatever phenomena you're observing or um, experiencing. I, in a more real just academic um, um, way, I think it is important to know both uh, the roots uh, of the field and, and uh, uh, be uh, uh, well-versed in the classical literature while also staying at very current uh, on uh, the prominent uh, critical questions in your uh, field and uh, staying engaged uh, through uh, uh, professional communications with your peers and also, of course, with your students. Alrighty, thank you for that. And that will be the end of our show for today. Thank you, everyone, for listening and for tuning in. KSUA 91.5 FM, this has been... Speaking of anthropology. And we'll see you guys next Friday, 11 to noon, uh, for another one fantastic show. We will also be rolling out a uh, podcast version of this talk and all this conversation, so you can revisit these at any time at a, uh, at a certain point. Uh, please follow us uh, at the Anthropology Society here at the University of Alaska Fairbanks. And to roll out our show, Sveta, what is, what is one song or one last song that you'd like to to, to share with us before we end our show today. Uh, 
we get to play one more song. Uh, awesome. Well, how about then that um, uh, is, uh, to complete the show, a dedication uh, to um, my uh, lifelong uh, collaborator and uh, uh, co-professor in our ethnomycology and our anthropology of art classes, uh, Igor Pasternak, who reigns from Odessa, Ukraine. And uh, here is uh, a, a song that celebrates the richness of life and culture in your hometown, Igor. It is called uh, Mesayedovskaya or Mid Street, and it is also by Golem. And we'd like to thank you today, Sveta, for coming into our show um, and spending the time. And uh, to everyone out there, please check out Anthropology and uh, Anthropology Society on Facebook and beyond. Um, and come, come say hi to, at the Department of Anthropology to us at any time. Uh, thank you very much, Sveta. Thank you.